welcome to episode 37 of Press YYZ, your favorite Canadian gaming podcast that has us on it. We record it live every Wednesday night around 8 p.m. or so. We are also now affiliates on Prime Gaming, formerly known as Twitch Prime. So if you want to subscribe or give us a sub, um, a sub from your free subscription that comes with Amazon Prime, we would be forever grateful. Finally, follow us on Twitter where you get updates on when we go live and post new episodes. For this episode, at the last minute, I'm your host, Nathan McInerney. And today, as I have not planned anything, so I have no nickname plans, I have AJ Frazier with me. How are you doing, AJ? I'm doing all right. How are you doing, Nathan? Eh, I'm not too bad. Not too bad. Uh, Alex Balance not here with us today. Uh, Cozy is no. with us. Cozy, how are you doing? Yes, I am here. Uh, I got disconnected from my entire body, but luckily I was able to uh, apply a microscopic life support system to the bottom of my neck, and so I was able to make the show. Excellent. And after a long um, hiatus, we thought Mitch was actually dead. Mitch is back. Mitch, how's it uh, to be back from the dead? I might as well be dead. I have been right. so busy the last couple of weeks. It's been ridiculous. Well, you got married, right? And now you're doing married things that you can do when you're married, right? So everything I was doing before I got married. But yes, I did get married over at twitch.tv slash Mr. Mitch George. Those videos are still there. And I just wanted to take a second to say thank you for anyone here listening live on audio services, whoever was able to tune in and, and be a part of that day with us. It was not what we anticipated our wedding looking like or being, but I was so glad I could have you guys there in a virtual manner. And just thank you for being a part of that. You're welcome. Nope. It was a yeah. ton of fun to dress up and sit at home, drink wine really early in the morning and early we got married at like one in the afternoon when did you start drinking I, oh don't worry about it don't <laughs> worry about it i'm gonna i'm gonna love you level with you i uh, was definitely <laughs> watching but we were i was still in my pajamas and i was also rent, trying to reno a bathroom so fair my my wife decided it was time to reno the bathroom at that point right at that moment yeah. right at that moment she, i'm like oh the yeah. wedding's about to start oh can we start taking the sink apart oh but, a, but there's a wedding going on. Okay, fine. So I had it on my laptop in the background. <laughs> well, I, I, I appreciate you being there regardless. And to anyone who's listening as well, thank you for, for joining us. I actually tried to get oh, it going yeah. on my Samsung TV and it would just not work. I could not get Twitch signed in or for it to run through the web. The, it was funny no too because the, the, the night that we got married, we got to the hotel room. We didn't want to do anything other than watch the VOD just to see what the, the, the chat was like. And there was some stories being concocted in that chat and it was pretty fun to watch back on uh on after the fact was it carl uh, the is, guy yeah how's carl oh, yeah doing? carl's fine it, it, is Car his so, wife carla doing okay too? so carl and carla are not husband and wife they're roommates uh yeah. and just moved yeah. into a place together in the city so roommates with benefits given that no so there's more of a backstory there in that it is carla uh, another really good friend of ours, Carl and Carl's boyfriend moving in together that mm -hmm. there's ah. no real benefit sharing happening there. Um, ah. But no, they're really good friends of ours. And I, uh, I appreciate them letting me. So the wedding was on Saturday on Friday. It was either Friday or Thursday. I messaged Carla and asked her, you know, we're going to do this thing. Can you just watch my phone for the next two hours and make sure that no one one steals it two is profane for my family as they watch this thing on twitch and they said sure so i was very happy for that well i'm glad that's worked out for you guys um and then yeah i'm here hosting as i mentioned so hi guys uh hey. so 
let's uh, jump in and talk about what we've all been doing. AJ, uh, yeah. tell me about the Solitaire Conspiracy, because I love Mike Bithel games, and tell me if this is worth my time. Uh, do you like Solitaire? I enjoy Solitaire uh, a lot. Okay, I am not very good at Solitaire, um, and this, this puts a, a, a fairly good... Uh, spin on it. It's it's a new. It's kind of a new version of solitaire that I guess Mike Bithell invented, where um, you have you know all the, the different suits in your deck um, have different powers and they all represent uh, little bits of this spy agency. It's uh, the called the solitaire conspiracy. Um, it, it it's kind of a whole spy theme in the narrative uh, and it's it's really cool. Um, and if you're looking on stream right now, there's a, a video playing and a uh, friend of the show, uh, unofficially, Greg Miller from Kind of Funny. Uh, is we'll get him on it. soon enough. We'll get him on. Yeah, soon one, enough. hopefully, hopefully one day we'll never write checks. You cannot cash. I know. But I would, sometimes you also have to put out a tweet and say, hey, here's my objective for the future, because, you know, you want to make yourself feel good when it comes through. 100%. I feel like he owes cozy for the program. You miss 100 percent of the shots you don't take. And if you're not making moves, you're standing still. And a good game learned. is forever delayed, but a bad game is forever delayed. That Michael is not Scott. at all what they say, but that's fine. An early bird keeps the apple away. <laughs> exactly. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not very good at solitaire and noticing some of those patterns and whatnot. Um, try, trying to, to order the cards and organize it in such a way with rules just kind of breaks my brain a bit. But... Um, uh, overall, it's actually kind of kind of fun. You're um, G Greg Miller. I'm forgetting the, the his character's name um, in it, but he, he he's basically um, telling you that you got hit in the back of the head and you wake up in this weird computer terminal. And uh, hey, uh, we need your help uh, taking down this uh, evil guy um, who's doing bad bad stuff. Um, but uh, graphically, it's like super striking, and it's got this really super cool futuristic um, computer computerized design all over it. Um, and and yeah, the the objective is to um, play solitaire, and you're stacking you're stacking the deck in in a solitaire like order. Now, each suit um, uh, there I believe there's eight total. I've only unlocked four of them. Um, come with um, special powers, and that's only on the, um, the the what do you what do you call the card like the Jack Queen and King the face cards. of a deck the face cards yep yeah it's only on the the powers are only on the face cards and when you play okay. one of those face cards the the power gets uh, activated uh, and that by play I just mean when you move it around um, so for example one of them will will take. Whatever, whatever stack you put it on will take everything and order it up and order it um, in, in that pile from highest number to lowest number. Um, another one will completely shuffle the pile that you put it on. Um, another one will take, if you, if you put it on, let's say, a, a, like a, a red one. If you take the, take the red one and you put it on a, a green card, it'll take, if you have the ace down in the middle, it'll take, find the next um the next card in order that you need wherever it is in all the different stacks and immediately place it um uh where it's supposed to be like let's say it was on the bottom of the deck and you can't get to it because all the other cards are on top of it you know like solitaire you it's it's an interesting power up where you could just 
pick that one. So, yeah. It's 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 fun. I, I it only came out yesterday, I think. Um, and you know, I I put maybe an hour or so into it. Okay. I'm like five five or six levels deep. Uh, there's a disclaimer in it. Um, for streamers, uh, after you hit uh level nine, you must put you must. It's it's requested that you put um a spoiler tag uh in your in the title if you plan on playing past that point like of whatever stream you're doing or whatever video you're doing uh so that you know people avoid spoilers i have no idea what that spoiler is i haven't gotten that far yet but uh i am entertained by this new brand of solitaire yeah interesting i i I picked this up to support you know friends of the show and i'm hoping to get to it before the next time we get back together and hopefully we'll have some words on it yeah Sweet. Maybe I should pick this up too. Sounds right up my see alley. See if we can get them on for the spoiler cast. There's a there's a launch sale right now too. I think in Canada it's like ten fifty or something through mm. the thirteenth. So I think you've got like another week if you want to get it as part oh. of the the launch promotion that they're offering on the title. Hmm. On All Steam. Right. On Steam. Sweet. Um, okay. Cool. Uh, so um, I don't know how to transition uh, to this, but cozy. Tell me about Cuphead. You've been playing Cuphead. You beat uh, Cuphead, correct? Yeah, uh, unfortunately not, but I have made significant strides. Uh, So Cuphead is a game that I purchased back when it came to the PlayStation 4. I don't remember the exact scenario in which I got it. I believe it was a thing where I had no intention of getting it right away, but I was kind of coerced into doing so by some friends on another Discord server who were like, oh man, bitch, you can't get to the end of the game. They're like, fuck you, I can get to the end of the game. I can beat all those damn bosses. Um, I definitely overestimated and underestimated how difficult of a time I would have with the game. A lot of the early bosses especially are not that challenging in Cuphead, but some of the latter bosses, such as the dragon boss, whose name I believe is Flint Matchstick. Is that correct? Sounds right. I don't know. Yeah. Some I, the, I didn't uh, get past the, like the second island, so I have no idea. Yeah, same here. Okay, well, long story short, uh, for a very long period of time, I was stuck at the second island. I couldn't be- get past the dragon boss. And basically over the weekend, I just sat down and was like, all right, I'm going to commit to this. I'm going to get to the third island. And after many tries, I got to the third island. And then when I got to the third island, I'm like, all right, you know what? I'm going to just go ahead and start beating some more bosses here. I'm on a roll. And right now, I believe that I've like not like consulted a whole lot of guides to see exactly how far I am in the game. But I believe that I'm three bosses away from beating it for the first time. That's awesome. I have to beat the robot boss in aisle three and then i know that mr dice king and or mr dice man whatever the big man who has a dice for the head who is gonna roll you a 20 uh him and the devil are bosses after the robot guy that that just sounds like the name of a boss from Mega Man battle network i'm sorry yeah anyways it's um that game is, you know, really, really challenging and has caused me many moments of frustration. But it is, you know, as many people have already said before, an incredibly creative game and something that I have a great deal of respect for. And I, so like on a more meta level, it was actually really interesting because no joke, uh, my weekend session where I sat down to play Cuphead was one of the few times in the past like couple of months where I've sat down and just played a video game not on stream. Like like I've talked about on this podcast candidly about how the past few months have not been a very like I would say video game centric time for me. I've gotten a lot more invested in a lot of animes uh, instead. 
And it was honestly really refreshing to just come back to a video game when it wasn't on stream and just, you know, have at it for the rest of the night. So, yeah, not a whole lot there to really talk about that's super revolutionary or mind-blowing. I just had a really great time with Cuphead, got through some great bosses, and felt good about myself, even though it did take me many, 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 many attempts. <laughs> I actually don't know. What is each of your experiences with Cuphead? Um, I picked it up on Switch, and I'm probably still on the first island. I'm not 100%. Um, but I hated the platforming levels. I thought the platforming levels were terrible. I had fun with some of the bosses, um, but I just never gave it the time it needed to get good at playing the game enough to get further in it. Hmm. I actually had the opposite effect. I really, I actually really enjoyed the platforming levels. Um, and like I said, I got to the second island and there was just a couple of bosses there. I really don't like the flying bosses. Where you're sort of like it's sort of like a board hell game inside of an airplane. Even. Where you're an airplane, yeah, because I feel like I don't get access to the powers that I like. That were help like the powers I was sure. using as Cuphead were a lot more useful than what I ended up using as a plane. So, mm. I uh, I put it down on the Switch. I do hope to get back to it. It's in the backlog. Uh, we can talk about my backlog in a bit because it's getting kind of nuts. But mm. yeah, that's just what it is. My my. Yeah brief history with it is um i was really excited when i first like everybody else when they first saw that like brief snippet of a teaser in uh, the xbox conference where it first appeared oh yeah um, and then i decided well you know what it's out in teslas and when i can finally afford one there that's where i'll get it hmm. all right then <laughs> yeah hmm. uh, uh, when i yeah uh, i do want to say i i personally come down on the side of actually liking the uh, platforming levels decently enough. I agree that like the real like creme de la creme of the Cuphead experience uh, are the boss battles, but I thought that the like side-scrolling levels did a good job of basically offering the same kind of level of creativity and challenge that the boss battles offer, just like stretched out over like a horizontal plane. Um, but yeah, yeah, I can I can see Nathan how you might have not totally jived with them. Mm -hmm. And I will also say on the subject of uh, the flying levels, Mitch, I mean, the level that I'm currently stuck on, the robot is a flying level. Yeah. And let me let me tell you, that level really tests your, like, sheer ability to dodge uh, attacks. So uh, I'll let you all know when I finally get past him. Awesome. Sweet. All right, uh, Mitch, you've got a laundry oh, list. and, and oh, I sorry. do want to just, uh, sorry, uh, uh, it's my fault that I didn't remember this, but, uh, you know, somewhat importantly, I've also spent the past couple of weeks working on our new layout for PressYZ here on Twitch. I mean, it's not super different from the layout that I debuted a couple of weeks ago, but uh, as you've undoubtedly seen, there are some pretty sweet new transitions now. Uh, everything kind of moves to and fro naturally. And I'm hoping to debut a lot of other uh, neat little stuff uh, of that nature over the coming few weeks. Uh, Cozy, you also said you've been going down a bit of an anime rabbit hole. What have you been watching? Uh, what have I been watching? Uh, 
Let's see, uh, I finished up A Certain Scientific Railgun T, which is the third season of the Certain Scientific Railgun series. I thought it concluded very solidly. Unfortunately, uh, <laughs> I, I'm trying to <laughs> keep this interesting without you guys completely glazing over. Unfortunately, it remains to be seen whether or not we're going to get a fourth uh, season of the show anytime soon. But I would say that if you're looking for a cool series about nice sweets with lights of life stuff with some occasional sci-fi battles go check out go check out a certain scientific railgun um what else there is um it's on the tip of my tongue rent a girlfriend uh that show finished up recently uh and so i had a good time with that not as great as railgun but you know, if you want something a little bit sweeter that deals with the subject of people renting girlfriends, you can go and give that a shot. Uh, have, have you yeah. seen Chobits? Uh, you know, Is it similar to Chobits. I, I've heard of Chobits. I've seen Chobits. Is your entire reference for anime like stuff that came out in the year two thousand and one? Uh, no, I also like Dragon Ball Z and the Pokemon anime, the original run. Both phenomenal. Mm. And Digimon uh, Cooley is probably my favorite. Um, yeah, the Digimon That's movie just it. had what its tenth anniversary, and that that movie does not get as much respect as it deserves. It, I did. I I also got into Evangelion, but um, I I forget a lot of it based on the time that I saw it. So I need to watch it again. I hear good things about it. Hmm. I, I want to say for the record, I actually watched like the first two episodes of Chobits a long time ago. Uh, yeah. I actually enjoyed what I watched of it, but I didn't feel particularly compelled to keep watching. But who knows? I might as well go back to it someday. Uh, what about I, the I melancholy do... of Haruhi Suzumiya? Oh, oh, I mean, I watched all of that. Come on now. Yeah. Come on. Okay. I don't know what's going on right now. Yes. Words, the, the, words melancholy are of Haruhi Suzumiya. That was like, prior to that show, I had watched, you know, Digimon. I'd watched Pokemon. But I would say that Haruhi Suzumiya was the first anime show I watched that, like, kind of firmly cemented my status. Yeah, like as somebody who liked anime more than just uh, for its like Pokemons and Digimons and mm -hmm. like animes based off of existing video game properties that I liked because of the video games. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, Cozy, I gotcha. can I ask you an anime question? Yes. Seeing how you're an expert. What's better? It's... And just from the anime perspective, Digimon or Pokemon? I mean, it's Digimon. There's not really much of a question there. I, I do, and this is a, a really weird statement to make. I honestly do think that the Pokemon anime is underrated. I think that in discussing, you know, the Pokemon anime's many faults and it being formulaic, I think that a lot of people tend to kind of disregard a lot of the genuinely really, like, solid writing and humor of the Pokemon anime throughout the years. But, like in terms of just like overall plot character development uh the digimon anime has a beat okay i was just curious i'm watching the Fair digimon enough. reboot with my kid and i remember watching the first three seasons of digimon and i was mm. held him in high regard and the reboot's actually been really solid so far i'm about eight or nine episodes in with him so cool and it's his first anime he's watched which is um subtitled so yeah uh, the last anime thing I'll say uh, for the time being, just to kind of wrap up everything that we've been discussing over the past couple of minutes is, yeah, it's the anniversary of the Digimon movie. You know, that movie's uh, a real weird beast because people in the know will know that that was basically like three different OVAs stitched together into a feature-length movie here for North America. Mm -hmm. uh, but 
I, I do really like the middle OVA of those three OVAs. It, basically, the premise of it is like the a Digimon personification of the Y2K virus is threatening to wreak havoc on the world, yeah, and really cool. Ty and company have to stop it. And I think that it is like through and through, like visually plot wise, a really fun little episode, extended episode of the show, and I think is well worth watching. Nice. Sweet. Good to know. All right. So now we've done our anime segue of the episode. Uh, I can't I'm sorry for giving him that here. opening. Nathan. Don't worry no. about it. It's all good. No, it's totally cool. It's completely fine. Do we fine. want to make this a recurring segment? We Maybe. potentially could. Um, let's let's see how his anime we need corner. Oh, I'm into it. He's uh, very excited right now, everybody. Yes. He's, I don't uh, know if that frothing. I don't know if that audible gasp was in your ears the way it was in mine, but it's giving me chills. Yes. Um, okay, Mitch, you've got a laundry list of stuff here. You've been gone two weeks. <clears> I feel <throat> like you should be penalized, though, for being gone. Um, <laughs> okay. So the... you can talk about being level 40 in Fall Guys and a concert, and that's it. Oh, come on. <laughs> Fine. Talk about all of it, but keep it quick. All right. So I'm going from the top of the list to the bottom. Right. Since Mick... Since being married, we've gone down a bit of a Betty White rabbit hole. We've been watching The Golden Girls and watched a documentary on Betty White on Netflix. It was actually very good. I purchased Hades on my honeymoon, played a few hours of that. It's really fun. I cannot stop playing Avengers, even though it's a broken mess and the developers have to come out and give us some update on content coming to that. I got a pedicure. My feet were gross. Now they're not. We started watching Harley Quinn, the animated show. We bought it on iTunes. It's really, really good. Three episodes in. Went to a drive-in concert. That's why I missed last week's show. Sam Roberts is great. Drive-in concerts are weird. They kept giving us free stuff. Rewatched The Boys Season 1 because Carmen hadn't seen it. She loved she it. Like Thank it? God. So now we're going to start Season 2. Hit level it, hit, hit level 40 in Fall. the right woman, I guess. Hit level 40 in Fall, guys, because I wanted to get that trophy, and I was really close, and they did double XP. I've been streaming on Twitch at twitch.tv slash George. I've now hit affiliate status. Thank you for everyone showing up to the wedding, because that was the big push for that. I have added a command to that to uh, basically, if people want me to get, play a game, I have a link to my backlog. I've gone through GG app and made a list of my backlog that people can pick from to make me play games. I also went elite to support the developer of that, which uh, promo code KFBF40 for 40% off your lifetime elite membership, if you want that. And I got married. How was that? Uh, yeah, it's uh, that's a good uh, list. Um, I tried so to keep you it quick. So you hit 40 today then, or did you finish it yesterday? Uh, no, I finished it yesterday. So I played a bit with you, um, and then I played a bit with friend of the show, Gamer Adam. Okay. Yep. And it was not all that difficult. I got another win. Like, I got a win with you. I got a win with him. And Sorry. getting to 40 was not a big deal. Alexander Kazina from the Press Pool. Uh, what is your GG profile where we can find the list of games to course you to play, Mr. Mitch George? Uh, ggapp.io slash Mr. Mitch George. I also dropped a link to that backlog list. If you want to critique it live on the podcast right now, it's in the doc. So if y'all want to bring up my backlog and we can, you know, make me feel bad for the games I have not played, we could also do that. Mm, I feel like we could Uh, maybe make that a segment later. Okay. uh, Is this it right here? Uh, Let me pull up the stream. I'm not looking at it right now. Uh, No, that's the, the, that's my top 10 games of all time. Uh, no, there's a link in the link in the doc. I'll I'll drop it in the. Yeah, it's right in the doc right at the bottom of it, his name. It's in my list. Oh, here we go. Sorry, I, I was confused because I saw backlog over here, and I thought that was referring to the games underneath it. Oh I no apologize. no yeah, it's a, it's the one above it. It's just a bit of a URL. Right, here yeah, we that go. Top one. 
So that is my current backlog as it exists. Hmm. Huh. Should play The Witcher. I should play The Witcher. You should play Assassin's Creed I feel Odyssey. Like and Undertale. I should definitely play Assassin's Platinum. Creed Odyssey. I've heard uh, that. How to Full Boyfriend is also like a pretty easy platinum, and it's pretty short. Mm-hmm. I also really want to play I Love You, Colonel Sanders, a chicken dating simulator on oh, stream, yeah, just like because to. that seems so weird. Yeah, no, it definitely seems uh, good. Yeah, Arkham. I don't know. This isn't. Have this, you not played Concrete Genie? Feel like that bought of a list. I have not. It is sitting in cellophane wrap on my counter. I got it as a Christmas gift last year and have not opened it. God, it's so good. I, I know. I need to do it. And the thing with that is, I have it physical, so I have to play it on the PS4. Because once yeah. that gets unplugged, are you unplugging your PS4? Or are you going to run it beside your PS5? So I'm probably going to run one at the computer and one at the TV. That makes sense. And the PS4 is probably going to go back to the TV because that's where the VR headset is. Yep. And the PS5 will stay at the computer, so I can stream that new new. You okay. can you can plug the PSVR headset into. Have we heard anything about that? So it's supposed to be compatible. There will be a dongle that you need to get to connect your camera to Ugh. the PS5. Yeah, uh, because there isn't the camera. It's propri- yeah, it's proprietary right now, and the My but, guess but is, isn't there the PS5 camera. There is. Yeah, and that will be compatible with PSVR. Yeah. Okay. So, but if you want to use your existing camera without having to buy a new one to get PSVR to work, they'll ship you uh, a dongle. Yeah, um, Sony said they'll make that free, but we don't have any details about that. Yeah, because I'd like to Got order it, it uh, sooner than later so I can have I it. I would you as know, well uh, before the PS5 comes out. Although the new camera looks sexy. Uh, it does, but, but I'm not buying a new camera when I already have a perfectly fine one here. Yep. No, I agree with that. Okay, cool. All right. Uh, for me, uh, just to go over, I played a little bit of Fall Guys this week with the season one ending, even though I have nothing to do. I feel like if you've maxed out your... Because when did I max out level 40? Like really early in, like a week or two into Fall Guys. Um, they should double your coins or something that you earn as like extra incentive. They should playing. do something, yeah. Mm. I... Uh, I- Go ahead. I was just going to say, because I think I maxed that season pass out and I still had like 40 something days to go. Hmm. Yeah, I fell off of it. Sorry, Cozy. No. uh, All right. Well, I heard a suggestion on Twitter that kind of piqued my interest, which is that, hey, maybe when you get to the final round of a Fall Guys uh, kind of game and you don't win, instead of getting a crown, you get a crown shard. And if you collect like 10 or 15 crown shards you can eventually get a crown as a way to give people who kind of come in second place a chance to get their hands on more crowns so that they can get more cosmetic stuff that's how do you feel idea. about an idea yeah, like that that'd be good yeah i mean i i kind of fell off the game maybe two or three weeks into it but i'd gotten up to level 38 but thankfully they made this double xp event a thing otherwise i probably wouldn't have been incentivized to go back to hit level 40 just for that trophy so now i think the only thing i need is um the five wins in a row i think there's another couple of trophies that'll just come over time but yeah that was one of the ones that if you don't hit 40 in one season it'll all reset when the next season starts so it was better with how close i was to just hit it now get that trophy so i don't have to feel obliged to hit level 40 again if it's not you know a game that's in regular cycle for my play sessions. Yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, I'm, I still need to get infallible. I hope there's private servers at some point, which we can just cheese that down the line. hundred percent. We just got to uh, get a squad together to get you to the last round, get five in a row and just re- repeat, rinse and repeat. Yep. 
So, um, but then the other thing I picked up, and I was curious for you guys' thoughts. Um, I never completed God of War when I first got it, uh, just with reviews and stuff. Um, so I thought um, I'd pick that back up this week. But then as I started playing it, I realized how great it looks. But I switched it from 4K to performance mode, which got me the 60 frames per second at 1080p. Is this a game I should wait to play on PS5? We kind of talked about in the chat a little bit. Um, but you what are your guys' thoughts? TV. Yes. Maybe wait. Yeah, because uh, I know Eve, uh, Private Jeebus in the uh, chat earlier brought up that was it Private Jeebus? No, somebody brought up, uh, maybe it was Loki Mike, that I wouldn't get back to it potentially because of all the new games coming out to PS5 and to play it now. So, I just don't know. Thoughts? I'd say if you if you have the time now to play it, then play it. Um, it is something that I want to get back to because I never got the platinum in that game and I really enjoyed it, but it wasn't, <laughs> it didn't hook me in the same way that some of the games this year have that have had me want to get their platinum. Um, but I, again, I think I've also changed a bit of as, as a gamer since I played God of War. So I'd like to go back to it with a fresh set of eyes and just see how I feel about it going into next gen and with the improvements that could be made to, to load times and things like that. Cause there's a lot of instances of you're walking through an area or you're having to, you know, traverse through a cave or something. There's all these like artificial load times hidden behind traversal. And I'd mm. like to see how that could improve potentially on the ps5 yeah. but i'd say if you have the time now just go for it now no time yeah. like the present no that given makes the sense. state of the that world we might not even make it to november who knows it's true it's true um so yeah no so but it's uh, it's reminding me of exactly why i really like the game in the first place um just uh i think i'm just about halfway through i've just come upon a po- giant a giant giant dead or something so I, I think I know where it. you are. Yeah. So this actually it, it kind of connects to what something that myself and Mitch have been talking about over the past couple of weeks, which is that previously on the podcast we talked about how I want to beat a bunch of games before the PlayStation Five and Xbox Series X release, and one of those games was Spider Man, uh, the 2018 game. And Mitch was like, you know, you should probably just play it when it comes to the PlayStation Five. And initially, he's like, ah, no, I, I can beat it before then. And now I'm like. Uh, there are a lot of things that I want to do between now and then. Maybe I should just like hold off and complete that game when it comes Plus, to PlayStation Plus, if you wait, 5. you're going to have the new better face. Well, only if you pay yeah. for the remaster on PS5. Depends on if you're going to play it via backwards compatibility or if you're going to pay to unlock the remaster with your copy of Spider-Man Miles Morales. Assuming you're going to play Spider-Man Miles Morales, of course. I th- We talked about it last week on the podcast, but or no, I don't, I don't know. Did. I wasn't here. Came out after that, actually. Um, but I don't know. I, I think that $20 after seeing the work that they've done is warranted for the extra copy. I just wish they were selling it a la carte or doing an upgrade. I think they will sell it orders. a la carte. I think they'll do it eventually, but I think it's just more incentive. Not that people needed the incentive to pick up Miles Morales on the PS5, but... Yeah. Uh, just to get that full price for... I think it's just to get that seventy nine ninety nine. It's... Um, Eighty nine ninety nine here, I think, with the oh, that's right. Because I think it's it's sixty. More. I think it's sixty four ninety nine in Canada for miles, and then yeah, it's a twenty four ninety nine dollar upgrade for uh, for Spider Man remastered. Yay! So, but anyways, um, AJ, sorry. Uh, did you want to talk about No yeah. Man's Sky? Not really. I've talked about it. 
for weeks at this point. Okay. Um, I'll ju- I'll just say that I'm still playing it and I'm still having fun with it. It's it's pretty good. Sweet. I enjoy it. It's available on Game Pass. You should play it. I should try that. I've never tried it. So yeah, it's good now. That's that's the point. Is it's good now? Okay. Finally. Sweet. So. Um, okay. Well, let's jump into the weekly news dump then. There's been a lot of news this week. Uh, some of the stuff that uh, we're not even going to get a chance to touch, uh, which is interesting. But I think there's a few things that we do want to go uh, through here, um, especially some newer items here. Um, let's start off with the first article, and this is coming from uh, VG247 by Stefani Nunalini. I don't think I said that right. I would just go with Nunali. Nunali. But it's a PS5 teardown video shows... Nunali. Nunali? 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 Maybe. That's the name of an anime character, so I'm going off of what I know. I think that makes sense, though, because there's two N's there separating the U and the E, so I think uh, Nunley or or Nunley would make more sense. Sorry for butchering your name live on Twitch. Yes, sorry about that. (laughs) Uh, Tweet at us, and we'll say it right the next time. Uh, But it's a PS5 teardown video shows the console's internal components. So PlayStation dropped this earlier this morning, actually, um, with a PS5 teardown on the PlayStation blog. Um, along with some other news that we'll get a chance to talk to. But this was a really interesting video as they took the PlayStation apart and something that I haven't seen uh, many people do. Um, I'm just curious what your guys' thoughts. We're going to get to a few of the articles here, but what are your overall thoughts on the teardown video? They should have marked it not safe for work. Why? Because you had that thing stripped down right to its core components, man. It was, well, that was, oh, that was a saucy sexy. way to start this morning. Uh, The one interesting thing, like, why is the USB type A port on the front not high speed, but the two on the back are? I get it's probably just for charging, but like, if you're going to go through the effort of putting the high speed ports in there, why not just make them all high speed ports? Um, Well, motherboards do that a lot, too, because I know uh, some of the ports on my motherboard are 2.0 and some of them are 3.1 for the the USB. So that's not like... just I wonder what the price difference is. But like the mm-hmm. USB, like three out of the four ports. So that there's three USB Type A, two on the back are high speed. The one on the front isn't, and there's a high speed USB Type C on the front. So three out of four ports are high speed. It just, it, it just, I get the aesthetic looks better without it being the the high speed blue of a USB 3.1, uh, 10 uh, gigabit per second. But it just, it seemed kind of off to me. Uh, I say that that shot right there gave me a lot of anxiety of the thing on its side because I'm like, oh shit, he's going to accidentally knock his elbow into it and knock it over. But I I feel like he's done this more than once. It would seem like, I know, I know, but (laughs) for that brief moment, it's it's incredibly nerve wracking. Yeah. Also, that's a that's a chonky boy. That is not going to fit in most people's entertainment systems. That that is the console is huge. That is for sure. Um, Apparently, it's really quiet the the word Good. on the street is that it's quiet and it runs very cool so uh i'm curious to see more of that um so let's jump to another article about the ps5 teardown as we continue to have the discussion about it um this one's coming from uh, vg247 as well uh sharif uh Saeed. um but with this one so now we know that we're gonna have wi-fi 6 and super speed usbs uh on the mm-hmm. playstation 5 where Xbox Series X and S are going to have uh, Wi-Fi 5 and slower USBs. So what are the thoughts here on that? Thank God they're putting in better Wi-Fi on this damn thing. Yeah. 
the Wi-Fi transfer rate on the PS4, PS3 is just straight garbage. Do you guys use uh, wired connections to connect your PS4s to the internet? Mine's wired. I do at this point. I do I not. When it first came out. I have a story about that, and it ties into my wife's work I just want to say, hold on, before yeah. you get into your story, I just want to like, quickly, for the longest period of time, I did not use a wired LAN connection, and then eventually, like, in the middle of this year, I was like, I need to just get this connection in there, because... Like the boost that I get from getting a wired connection in terms of like downloading updates, downloading firmware, downloading what have you is just so much more convenient. Story time. You also have to change the uh, if you if you want better speeds from either wireless or wired, you have to change the uh, DNS yeah. in the console to I I put it to to Google's, which is like eight dot eight dot eight dot eight and then 8.8.4.4 i think something like that i don't know um but yeah you set you set that up and the ps4 just you know i i saw significant increases in speed uh download and upload um but yeah i don't know i hopefully even on their end they they've fixed that sort of stuff it's good that they fixed that they they've provided good fast wi-fi in the console itself but i hope on their end they're also investing in themselves to make that better too yeah because at this point they, they might be taking the console as a bottleneck and now it's going to be the servers as a bottleneck and it really won't matter if you can't maintain a decent gigabit connection to their servers uh story time so the ps4 used to be wired when i had rogers cable internet because mm -hmm. the rogers modem sat right next to the tv Bell, in their infinite wisdom, when they installed fiber internet or fiber cabling into my apartment building, said that the only outlet to bring fiber into my condo was in the bedroom closet. So my internet modem is currently sitting in the bedroom closet. So unless I want to run an That's ethernet stupid. cable through the bedroom into the living room, uh, I'm... Sure Carmen would love that. No. Well, and then fun story. Uh, Carmen's been having some issues with the... Um, phone client on her work PC. And they said the only way that they would go through and, and raise a ticket to like reinstall the window or reauthorize like the windows profile and like rebuild it and everything was if she would first test it by plugging in a wired connection. Cause they thought the Wi-Fi was bad, but everything else works fine on the Wi-Fi except her stupid phone software on her computer. So we had to unplug her desktop, like, and mm. it, it's an all in one. So like the PC is attached to the desktop monitor. We had to take a monitor, yeah. unplug everything, including mouse, keyboard, whatever, move it into the bedroom just to plug the stupid thing in so she could tell IT, no, it's not the goddamn internet. So that was a fun yeah. Tuesday afternoon. It definitely wow. sounds fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, our house has had a lot of misadventures with like our modem being placed in a really precarious place that makes it very difficult to kind of get good quality Wi-Fi in certain sections of the house as well. See, it's... It's a real struggle. When we canceled cable a few years, uh, quite a few years ago back, and our modem was downstairs uh, by the computer where I'm sitting actually right now. Um, and when we canceled cable, we brought a new company in, uh, start.ca, to do um, internet uh, for us. And I actually moved the modem uh, position to the main floor of the house right by the PS4. So it connected right to the PS4, but it was also, that's where I connected my routers, and it was much more central to the house. So I got better um, Wi-Fi reception right around the house there. 
So, uh, but that's why my PS4 is connected uh, wired in. My PS5 will be connected wired in too. So the Wi-Fi 6 doesn't do much for me, but it's good to know it's there. So uh, there were other few notes too um, on the teardown. Uh, we finally got a chance to see where the M.2 bay is for the NVMe drives uh, for when you want to increase that PS5 storage. Um, because you don't have to use uh, the like PlayStation ones. There will be other ones that will be allowed to use it. Uh, so and it looks fairly easy to install. And you're to probably going to have to do that if the rumored 664 gigabytes of available storage day one is, in fact, accurate. So I'm still hoping... 664. What a peculiar number. Well, the, the, the hard drive that they're installing into the PS5 is 825 gigabytes. So presumably Not the rest a full of one terabyte, presumably the rest. And when Mark Cerny gave his architectural talk, uh, when they first revealed the PS five, he said that that was kind of like the minimum they needed to be able to run the system effectively. Mm-hmm. And I'm assuming that the space that's being reserved for the operating system is not only reserved for the base operating system, but you're also reserving space in disk memory for when you're doing things like quick resume. So you're basically taking everything that was in the 16 gigabytes of GDDR6 memory and offloading that into the SSD because um, with the read speeds they can pull it out of the SSD much faster and they'd be able to load it up like it was instantaneous so I'm, I'm, I'm sure it's the OS reserving more space than it actually like the footprint of the OS but it's still unfortunate if uh, that 600 some odd number ends up being accurate we'll, we'll see if that does end up being accurate that's only rumored right now I have a feeling we'll know sooner than later um, as you know this thing's supposed to be out in just over a month at this point and no one's had hands-on no well no that's not true (laughs) Uh, some japanese youtubers had hands-on with it this week oh right but they weren't allowed to access the os or use the create button no um but they did note that the x and the o button are reversed going to be reversed standard to the american way so in north america we 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 just defaulted to having X be the Confirmed. the, the Confirm. confirm button and uh, the circle being decline because that's just where our thumbs ended up. Yep. Um, but traditionally in Japan and Japanese culture, um, an X means no. Cross. And the circle means confirm. Cross. Sorry, cross. Thank the, you very much. The yeah. X the X shaped symbol. Cross um, symbol. But yeah, so uh, that's that's something interesting that came out. It's it's weird because that's kind of backwards to me because it's a Japanese company and they went. I get I I guess it's an American. Sony's an American company now. PlayStation is an American company. I think now, they're headquartered that, now in the U.S. Even though they're yeah, traditionally they a Japanese company. Yeah, most of their Are stuffs you... being done in San Francisco. I think now, or California specifically. Right. Have you guys had much experience with like import PlayStation games having to like figure out which buttons the uh, input button and whatnot? No. Not the, recently. The only, the only place I get confused is when I go back and forth between Switch and Xbox. Yeah, because right. Nintendo still has sense. the configuration the Japanese way, or at least not the yeah. like they've followed the well, Sony convention of having the confirm button be the rightmost button, not the bottom button. But they don't change it right. in North America, which confuses the hell out of me when I switch between the Switch <laughs> and the PlayStation. It takes yeah. me, like, I, when I switch between the systems, it takes me, like, an hour to figure out, to get back to the, which one's which. So, I haven't I just, really had uh, the issue with the, the circle and cross buttons being confirm or cancel since, like, the PS1 days. 
And the one vivid memory I have is of playing the Digimon trading card game on the PlayStation 1. And with Confirm oh, no. being Circle, I always mess that up. I don't remember why, but it was that game, for whatever reason, sticks out in my brain as being messed up for me. Hmm. Mm. Uh, I, I just want to bring that up because when I was living in Japan, I purchased a bunch of like super easy games to get Platinums in. Because like a, a lot of the easiest Platinums uh, for the longest period of time uh, on the PlayStation Network were like visual novels where all you have to do is you literally just have to like press the right solutions and eventually you'll be able to clear all the branches and paths and get your Platinum in like a manner of hours. Uh, and fi trying to figure out like, oh wait, I have to press the O button here and not the X button. Like it, I legitimately thought that some of the games were broken or had broken my PlayStation 4 uh, back when I was living in the country. So, I mean, it's not, it's ultimately, it was a minor inconvenience. Uh, I'm not, I can't claim that I'm like super happy about this change, but I mean, I'm not super caring about the change either way. Actually in the, in the chat as well, Private Jeebus, and also shout out to him for the job he did last week on the show filling in. He was phenomenal. Um, hoping that Sony takes a page from Microsoft and lets, hand, lets media go hands-on from a Western perspective. That has to happen within the next week or two, right? Like this console is due in like five weeks. Here's, it needs to be, hand, like people need to get hands-on with these things. Here's the thing nobody needs to be hands-on with it. They've already sold through the initial batch. You're, know, you're right. In theory, people should have hands-on to, to I it. want people to be hands-on because I, I really know. enjoy the hype cycle around console releases. I know it's I, a very specific reason, but... No, I, and I agree with you. I'd like to see more hands-on. I'd like to see the UI finally because I'm so excited to see that UI um, and more information about that. And just hear opinions like we've talked about Greg Miller before, but I really value his opinion on PlayStation. And see what, see what that is because I have to figure he will get one of those units. That being said, in terms of trying to sell the consoles, it means nothing uh, because they've sold through every single one of them at this point. So, yeah, um, like they don't need to do that at all. Uh, and same with Xbox, like they're all sold. So and then once they're in the wild, then people will have their impressions on it. But yes, I think they Love should you too, do that. Gamer Adam. So, um, so and then the last thing coming out of the um, the. Uh, PS5 teardown here. This is an article from uh, Samit Sarkar uh, from Polygon, and it's the PS5 stand is a quiet display of energy, energy, engineering, engineering. Brilliance. I said the word. I got there. Uh, engineering okay. brilliance. Um, and so it shows the moving of the stand from a horizontal to um, the vertical to the horizontal position. And I thought that the stand itself is really slick. Um, and there's a few things I appreciate. I know there's uh, definitely Xbox. Uh, you can just put the Xbox on its side because it's a giant boring cube. Um, so, and they did show yeah, that the top of it looks cool. So does it, it does um, yeah. to a point. Um, I question airflow going through the sides like that when it does that. Uh, so I'm curious how that will work. Um, but I think one of the things I really appreciate with this, the stand, especially in the, um, the vertical mode is how it screws into the bottom of the PlayStation for stability. Cause I use a stand on my piece for my launch PS4 for the one upstairs for my boys. And it um, like, it doesn't really screw in super well into those. So I kind of like that way that it is screwed into the bottom. I know people are like, it's got a screw and I'm been seeing some crap about that. I'm like, this is actually good. Uh, like a good thing that it has that. And the way it transitions 
into the horizontal mode, I thought was really cool. So I don't know. What are I th- your guys thoughts? I think that the, the fact that they thought enough to like create a recess for the screw inside the base and have a plastic nub to cover the screw hole in the bottom yeah. of the PS5 when you're putting it in the other orientation and the way the base swivels to hide the screw so you don't lose it is just like... How like how do you think about stuff like this? It's crazy how much detail went into this one little thing, uh, this one little accessory that's now a pack-in with the system. Because with it being as chonky of a boy as it is, without that stand, standing vertical or horizontal, it's going to be wibbling and wobbling and falling over. So I'm really glad that they've decided to include it as opposed to over-engineering a way for it to just work without that stand. Because I think it wouldn't look as good if there was some like nubs on one of the sides for it to be horizontal or something like that. Similar to how you see the Xbox Series X, the way they have it now is, and actually Xbox UK took a jab at Sony today. Cozy, I linked something in the Discord uh, Mm. that you could show. They basically took a jab being like, this is how you you transition from vertical to horizontal for the Xbox. And it's just two pictures side by side of it, vertical and then horizontal with no extra work. But it's got like this pad on the bottom of the Series X, which, really does look out of place when it's in horizontal orientation. So I actually like the fact that Sony engineered a way for you to kind of like the stand to kind of disappear into the design of the system. At, at the same time, when you, if, if you are planning on getting a series X and you're going to put it on its side, it's probably going into a, a like a TV stand under the TV cabinet and being hidden away anyway. Good luck. If and it's Ikea furniture. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> Neither yeah. of those consoles Remember, would fit in that TV stand I have behind me. Yeah, good, good luck with that. Um, but yeah, you're not going to necessarily see the round bit at the bottom of the square box, um, which, yeah, does look kind of weird. Yeah, for sure. So I, I'm curious. I'm Like, my TV stand is an Ikea one, but it's really straight. Like, there's not um, brakes horizontally on it. So it's just like a really long stretch back and forth horizontally. Um, so like I can fit either horizontally without a problem, but vertically they'll just get in front of my TV. So I will go horizontally and without an issue, if I tried to fit both of them, uh, it wouldn't be an issue at all, but not everybody's stands going to be that same. And then, um, I said the last one was the final piece of news, but Tom Phillips, uh, from Eurogamer.net also has brought up that there's a mysterious Mm -hmm. nut. Um, I love a mysterious nut. Sorry, Mitch. Did the did the tweet that you were trying to link me to disappear? Uh, no. And it was an IGN article. Because yeah, I'm, I I, I'm, I'm currently article. I'm currently viewing the article in question, but when I try to go through to the tweet in question, it looks oh. like it's gone. Oh, weird. oh, did they delete the tweet? Maybe somebody got in trouble for that. Oh, they 100 percent deleted that tweet. Ooh, Ooh. we got some extra Ooh. spiciness, guys. Oh, oh that's exclusive breaking news. Ha. Huh. Mm. That, that's too bad. Uh, here, the that's Xbox UK intern fired. Here, cozy. There's a the IGN tweet has a screenshot of the original tweet, so I can just send you that instead. But yeah, someone's in trouble. Because it's funny, I, I actually went through the IGN or the Xbox UK Twitter feed to try to find it and couldn't. So I just found like when I searched IGN UK, the IGN or God damn it, Xbox UK, the IGN tweet was one of the first to come up. So that's why I linked you that. Hmm. That's funny. Interesting. Sweet. But yeah, no, there's a mysterious nut on the bottom of the... Somewhere, not on the bottom, somewhere in the PlayStation 5. 
and people are trying to figure out what what the purpose is. I don't know if they got to it in the teardown or not, because after what the teardown, a lot of people were like confused. At, hey, what is this nut for? They probably did. I feel like it's probably just something in place to keep those exhaust fins attached to the base system or something. We didn't talk. The, the running theory was it was an easy way to access the uh hard drive for swapping that out mm, but no we've we've seen so essentially the hard drive bay sits under one of those two white fins and there's just a, a panel on the the unit itself it's not really towards the edge of the fin like that so mm-hmm. interesting but not something anyone's really gonna ever have to see or mess yep. with i would hope there we go it, you don't know how much trouble it took me to get that one underwhelming image onto my microsoft browser you're welcome yeah i see what you're yes, saying that is the uh, jab that xbox took at playstation yeah i see what you're saying about the pad on the bottom it's there. not it's not the same magnitude but it has similar energy to the adam boys shue yoshida handing the game yep over 100 percent from the previous generation i love how much shade is being thrown around right now like that's the the, the, ultimately the end of the day we're all gamers we're all going to be excited come november we're all going to be happy there's still going to be people on one side of the fence or the other my box is better than your box but we're all getting new consoles this year for those of us that can afford it or or need to to be you know hip with the news but ultimately at the end of the day both boxes are going to be good for consumers because we're going to get to play new innovative experiences that we couldn't get anywhere else from these first parties. And I am so, so ready for next gen. Yep. I agree. I'm uh, just looking at it here. I'm really excited about the USB-C ports on the front of it or the USB-C port on the PS5. I can't wait for things to everything to switch over to USB-C. My phones, my tablet, everything's USB-C in our house. So uh, as the switch, so this is the next step of that. Also, who's going to try and get different uh, plates for the side of their PS5, out of curiosity? <coughs> I've thought uh, about it. I I'm I was a f- I never had any other p- face plates on my Xbox 360, mm-hmm. but I was a fan of the idea of being able to customize your console. Like if you think back to the N64, they eventually released a bunch of different colors, colors of the N64, mm-hmm. right? You had, like, most notably, the, the green one that came with Donkey Kong 64. Um, that one was super cool, personally, but I don't know. Yeah. I I like the idea of customizability, and I like the idea that one day somebody's going to get the Halo Infinite box art and just make a PlayStation 5... Uh, chassis out of it why not i've heard some people talk it'll probably be balanced i mean speaking of crossover speaking of crossovers uh minecraft steve coming to smash that's cool yeah Yeah. we didn't predict that last week that was not one of the people we predicted, right i was was yelling at my screen saying you guys know it's going to be minecraft steve but nobody brought it up um nobody brought it up if y'all want to check out my Uh, youtube uh, by the way i uh, recorded my son's reacting to uh minecraft steve coming out um, and they f- Ooh. they uh, Ooh. flipped What's out. What's the channel called? How do we see that? Uh, Should we watch it here live? Yeah, we can watch it here live. Can you can you pump audio into the podcast? We can uh, we can link it after the fact and everyone can go watch. I actually okay. saw Let's it. I think you shared it in a few like we have a few overlapping Facebook groups. So yes. I think I saw you posted it in the NVC group, and uh, that was just adorable. I loved it. 
and they knew right away. I had no idea watching them. Like, what's it going to – I don't – it's Mario, so it's going to be a franchise head, but who knows? And they immediately were like, it's Minecraft Steve. I'm like, I am out of touch with what the youth enjoy in their video game machines these days. Yeah, no. Um, they He's like a 10-year-old character, though. They, they knew. Um, we're Minecraft at... came out when I was in university, Cozy. So I'll I'll link it in the chat here. Uh, there, uh, but that's the link. So that's my boys reacting to Minecraft Steve. It goes on a little long, but in the first thirty seconds, um, they're flipping out about it, and they're very excited because they love Minecraft. So and they're still doing impressions of Minecraft Steve, eating a pork chop apparently because that's something he does. <laughs> I don't quite okay. get it. Um, I'm still uh, looking forward I, I to playing the character this... next week. I talked about this a little bit on Twitter. Um, the thing about Minecraft, Steve, is I remember during the Smash for Wii U, Smash for 3DS days, it felt like Minecraft Steve coming to Smash Bros. was almost like a foregone conclusion. Like, it felt like everyone was predicting it was going to happen. It seemed, without a shadow of a doubt, that he would be the first Microsoft crossover character in the series. And then it never happened. And, you know, Microsoft uh, Minecraft Steve rumors have persisted to this very day. But I feel like in the lead up to this character announcement and in the lead up to all the other character announcements, I don't feel like he's been rumored nearly to the same level that he was during the Smash 4 days. Mm -hmm. So this kind of took me off guard in that regard. And I feel like it took a lot of other people off guard for similar reasons. Yeah, well, there, there were rumors of Minecraft Steve coming to Smash Ultimate as, as early as like three years ago. Like there were rumors of like, him coming to the Wii U version, right? Some so, there were rumors before Banjo. Yeah. yeah. Some, somebody from Mo Yang said that this has been in the works for like five years. Um, yeah, someone formerly of Mo Yang. Yeah, Mo Yang, sorry. Formerly of Mo Yang um, said that this has been in the works for five years now. So it probably was in discussions, and that's why it was early on. And that's why probably we haven't talked about it in a little while. Um, and maybe Sakurai was trying to figure out how to make a Minecraft character work in the game. The, the shade from Sakurai different. of Nintendo coming to him and be like, you can make this work, right? And him be like, I don't want to. But then he mm -hmm. did. Was was pretty fun to watch in that initial reveal. So, um, but yeah, no. So I know, um, kids are excited about it. Some people were really hating on it. So that was my, uh, input from that. So let's jump on for a final, uh, PlayStation related story for today. Um, and I think our last story before we jump into topic of the show. Um, but I think as of tonight, so this is, uh, from VG 24 seven as well, um, by Stephanie Noonley. Did I say that right? Noonley? Nunnally. We will never know. I'm sorry, Stephanie. We'll know eventually. Um, if you want to tag us on Twitter and give us phonetic spelling, we'll, we won't make that mistake again. But PlayStation Trophy Enhancements coming with a new leveling structure and more. So this is dropped on the PlayStation blog as well today, but we're completely changing the PlayStation Trophy leveling system. And would, depending upon what level you're sitting at right now, it will now readjust your level into... Because uh, we were going from 1 to 100, where 100 was the top two, 1 to 999. Um, just to space out where people's levels are. Um, so because like I've been on level 26 forever, and it just will give a little more depth into where your trophies are. I think this is great for people who love the trophy metagame. Cozy, what's your thoughts? Uh, I'm intrigued. Uh, so first off, uh, to kind of switch over briefly, um, this is my PSN profile. I'm currently sitting at level 37 with 76%. Uh, 
and I'm very curious to see what this is going to equate to. I feel like if 1 to 100 is becoming 1 to 999, it would hold logically that I would probably end up somewhere in like the 400s, for example, but I honestly don't really know where I'm going to end up. I like the idea of uh, trophy levels coming by and getting earned more quickly now, because that's the thing is that like once you pass, yeah. I'd say like trophy level 12, the grind to earn more trophy levels or increments of trophy levels get real, real, real grindy. So I like the idea that I'll be able to kind of like pop a couple of trophies and immediately be able to see an increase into my level. Part of me feels like they maybe could have announced a larger overhaul to the trophy system than just changing up the way that leveling works and the level cap. Uh, like, I, I feel like, you know, people have always, you know, dreamed like, oh man, wouldn't it be cool if you got like some free games or some free digital currency in exchange for, you know, just showing your devotion as a trophy earner. And I think that that stuff's like too much of a pipe dream, but I was hoping that this announcement uh, would have come it's kind of hand in hand with something like a larger sweeping change to the overall trophy level to further incentivize you to play beyond just, hey, you'll earn levels a little bit faster now because everything has been stretched out. A comment here from the press pool, Mitch George speaking. Yeah. Uh, in the European blog post about this change, it also mentioned that on PS5 that uh, trophies will now track progression in games that support it. I don't know if that's something they hmm. previously announced, but just so, the fact that they're adding that as well. To, yeah, that's a big deal. That's one of the only things I, that the achievement system had that I wanted the PSN trophy system yeah, to have, that, and I'm I was so going to say that's, that's something nice. that the achievements were uh, Xbox achievements were doing um, at the start of this generation. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's one one thing I really wish PlayStation would have, and it sounds like yeah. we're getting it, which makes me a happy gamer. Yeah, I'm really excited about yeah, that. There aren't too many. There aren't too many instances that come to mind where, like, not knowing how many X items or X things I had completed uh, were, like, en route to counting towards a trophy I was trying to get. But, yeah, that's much welcome. Uh, I The one that always sucks out for me is one of the Lego Marvel games where you had to destroy 100, Hulk, 100 cars as one of the certain Hulks. Yeah. Um, and just, like... I just kept destroying cards. I'm like, am I almost there? Am I almost there? So just having that idea of like how many more I had to do would at least just set my mind frame in the right phase. So I'm excited to see that. So I'm curious to see what all our trophy levels end up being like once this update goes through tonight, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it should be tonight. I'm at uh, trophy level 26 right now. And it's saying if you were trophy level 12, you're going to jump somewhere to the low 200s. So I'm expecting at 26, I'll Hmm. probably be in the 400 mark. Cozy, you might be into the gold. So and the icon's going to change po- too. possibly possibly either a high silver yeah. um high silver or low gold and low gold and there's three different so every 100 in these levels will get you a different icon that they'll display too. So hmm. one other thing is that I I do hope that getting to level 999 is not that easy still. Yeah. Like I hope that you like i hope that it's now not made incredibly easy for anyone to get to level 999 because if it is well that's gonna admittedly kill off a lot of my interest in continuing to earn those platinums but uh, ultimately there's just not a lot that we know right now we'll have to wait until tomorrow for everything to update to kind of give a firm honest assessment of the way things are yeah just just to go back to the the trophy progression talk right now like i'm working through marvel's avengers and there's trophies like 
complete 30 war zones on challenge difficulty three or higher, uh, complete 50 hive missions, open 50 strong boxes, complete 15 villain sectors. So like knowing I, if like having a better way to track progress on that rather than the weekly Marvel's Avengers, here's how many hives you've done. And that's the only stat they give you in that stupid email um, would be greatly appreciated right now. Please square. Yeah. Give me something yeah. square. Give me something in Avengers. So, all right. Well, that's going to wrap up our news for this week because we do need to get moving on to some of the other segments of the show. Just a few quick uh, read, watch all the things. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima is going to have their Legends modes dropping October 16th. We knew that was coming. We weren't sure when it was coming, so now we have the date. So go check that out. VG247 uh, from Don Pepiette uh, has an article about it telling you what you can expect in it. Um, Apex Legends goes crossplay on PC, PS4, Xbox One, October 6th, so yesterday. And that's uh, Venture Beat uh, Dean Takahashi. Uh, Cozy, any thoughts on jumping back into Apex Legends now that they're crossplay, or how do you think that changes the game for you? Quickly. Uh, I, I've not actually played Apex Legends in, in a couple of weeks. Uh, I, I still very much love the game, but what happened was is two seasons in a row, I tried to get to Platinum Rank 4 in the online competitive mode, and basically that escalator climb and then the kind of slide back down when the season reset twice in a row kind of got me a little bit tuckered out. And so I, I'm definitely going to return to it at some point, um, ultimately, I would say that the introduction of crossplay into the experience doesn't particularly change my like desire to go back or my aversion for wanting to come back. Okay. Is, uh, it, is, is it just crossplay or is it like cross account? Just crossplay for everything now. I've unlocked on PlayStation. Nothing carries over. Just crossplay. My for characters now. don't carry over if I want to play on PC instead. Nope. I have to buy them there too. Yep. Yeah, unfortunately. You have to assume yeah. something is coming, which is why, like, these incremental steps... Apex step Legends 2. Well, no, these incremental steps in, in any software, whether it's games or anything else, you're, you sort of make initial changes, so then in the back end you can make... You make the initial change you have to for, like, a unified account system or something like that, so that you can transition mm -hmm. away from being a single console game to being something that can work across the board with the same account. We've seen this from Call of Duty. We've yeah. seen this from Fortnite. Destiny. Destiny. So it, I'm. I see it more likely to happen than not. When that happens, remains to be seen. Yeah, fair enough. All right. Um, and then finally, in the reach, read, watch all the things. Um, Xbox Series X's machine learning auto HDR renders stunning results. Um, so this is a venture beat article from Jeff Grubb. Uh, so go check that out. I know he said hands on with the Xbox Series X. Oh, I said it right. I didn't say the wrong thing. Um, so he's been hands-on with it with a unit. So um, if you're curious about his impressions there, go check that out. So um, we don't have any deals today. It looks like nobody's got any good deals. So I got this, one. Oh, Mitch has got one. Oh, I just went and found one. Uh, our, our buddy Al Babbins over there holding it down. There's a Nintendo first-party game sale going on this weekend from a number of Canadian retailers where you can pick up titles like Super Mario Party, New Super Mario Brothers, U Deluxe. Splatoon 2, Yoshi's Crafted World. Uh, they're all going to be roughly 50 bucks. Uh, I know right now they're up at Walmart, but other retailers have shown that they're going to be also having this promotion at the same prices. So if you're interested in any of those first-party titles that rarely go on sale, be sure to check this one out. Um, also, if you're not uh, following El Babins, you should be. Uh, both Mitch and I were able to jump on a shirt, an <laughs> Animal Crossing shirt. No, uh, <sighs> what? 
That was going to be a surprise. Oh, well, I screwed it up. <laughs> Too late. Not a surprise. That's yeah, all good. Uh, all but good. The, um, they Nintendo posted an Animal Crossing 2XL uh, shirt. Um, so we'll see how it actually fits on us. It could be huge. Mine is uh, picked. So now I'm just waiting on the shipping confirmation. Oh, mine's not picked yet. Should check your uh, check your shipping info. Oh, well, now I want to go look. Um, but And it comes with an Isabel, Isabel pin. And it was a penny plus $6 shipping. So, mine is not picked yet. I do not have anything It'll get from there. Nintendo. My uh, my Super Mario Brothers 35th anniversary pin set is still not yet picked. It's still processing. Mm. And that makes me sad because I see people getting them on Twitter. I'm like, I want those too. Yeah, all I have is an order confirmation uh, from, the, okay. from the Nintendo so far. So, um, But yeah, follow him because uh, every once in a while you'll see a steal of a deal like that. So, all right. So, now we're going to jump into topic of the show. And I believe topic of the show is going to be Rankem. And we're going to be doing Rankem with the best video game console launch games ever. Is that how we're Console or handhelds as well. Okay, console or handheld launch games. Just launch games, yeah. So, And they have to be launching the day of the console. So we're not talking launch windows. We're talking launch games. So depending upon the console, uh, sorry N64, uh, although one of those is definitely going to show up on the list. Um, Sorry, GameCube. You have two options. <laughs> no, there was more than two launch titles. Nope, there wasn't on the N64. Mario 64 and Wave Race. Those were the only two, and there was a drought Those for months. Those were the only two. I remember that. I was like six. Oh, okay, yeah. The only one I put on my, my short list was Mario 64 anyway, so that makes sense. So I just remember having that and being like, well, I can play Mario and I can play Wave Race, and I had both of those for months. So, um, and if this list ends up being 10 knacks, that's probably the correct way to do it. Um, yeah. But seeing how I didn't prepare for this, uh, we'll do the standard round. I didn't open up. Well, here, let, while you take some time to prepare, let me tell the folks listening at home how the game goes. Okay. Yep. That'd be great. Thank you. Sure. So Nathan's going to host us through this game of Rankem. The way that's going to work is each... Each round, a host will bring a game to the list that they feel deserves a spot there. They'll argue their point, and Nathan will decide where it falls on the list for round one. So once we've got the list sort of filled out in round two, you'll get to argue why one of your games deserves to be higher than another game on the list. At Nathan's discretion, he could switch their positions, he could move one above the other and just push everything down the list, or he could do nothing. That's all up to him. And uh, in the third round, that's our wild card round. And since Nathan's not prepared, that one's going to be the most interesting tonight. Yes. And uh, scoring as follows. Uh, it's a top 10 list. So games six through 10 are worth one point. Two through five are worth two points. And the number one spot is worth three points. At the end of the day, somebody wins and everybody else is mad. Usually me. All right. So All right. I think we should. Uh, I think that was that was good. Yeah, it was good. That was a great. I think, I think you nailed it. I think it. that ah. was great. So um, let's jump right into this because I want to get this rank him going here. Um, now, I've only got three of you guys, so we're not going to fill up the list like we normally do, but it's fine. Uh, well, we could just do four games each instead of three. Uh, well, let's see how we do time-wise, and then we'll okay. go from there. Sure. Yeah. Um, mm. So I'm going to start because Mitch has been gone for two weeks. I think it's only fair to start with AJ. All right, if we have to. So I'm going to start the show with a showstopper here, which is to say that this game 
sort of created a phenomenon back in the day. Um, it 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 launched a console in in a, in a way that had never been done before and made it the must-have for every young child at the time and then some for for years after this i have to go with the original tetris on the game boy you son of a bitch <laughs> it, it it it's it's such a, a a good puzzle game even to this day when you know today we have um like tetris in vr now like think about that a puzzle game in vr the the fact that 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 this sim, sim fairly simplistic puzzle game can can inspire that and as well as speed runs where i don't know if you guys have seen like um the 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 speed runs where people uh try and beat it on like their the master mode or whatever um at at, at like the the speed run championship stuff holy sh shit that this game changed the world um for the better in in and video games as a whole all right. Uh, yeah, no, uh, Tetris is an excellent launch game. Um, I think as this list is empty, it definitely deserves to be at number one right now. And probably for a good portion of the list, we'll see. Uh, Tetris is a fantastic game we'll and probably one of the best games ever made. So, but let's see if somebody else has a better launch game than Tetris. Uh, is, is somebody else filling out the list? I can do it. Okay, perfect. Um, okay, so Mitch... You've been gone for two weeks. Let's hear yours. Well, I mean, given that AJ just stole mine, I'm gonna have to go. Um, I'm gonna have to go for the knockout punch here, because we ain't holding back anything now. So, here's a game that, you know, with the launch of this system, people really didn't know what to expect. There was a lot of mixed messaging. There were games that were supposed to be launched that weren't. Even if it was only pushed out a week or two, it 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 still didn't really come together. But what was there day one was pure, unadulterated fun. And that is a game that was there at the launch of the Nintendo GameCube. And that game is NHL Hits 2002. So NHL Hits 2002 is an arcadey rendition of the NHL game we all know and love. It was incredibly fun to just pop into that play with your friends. It gave you a reason to own more than two controllers on the GameCube because damn, if those multiplayer matches didn't get intense and it just, as a Canadian kid, it was the game, the one game I wish I had on my PS2 because I would just run over to my friend's house and play it on his GameCube. Cause it's just so fun. Okay. How's that for a big hitter? Um, so I'll put that at number two. Yeah, I figured as much. Sorry, Tetris is a better game than that. Yeah, I noticed. Uh, <laughs> I couldn't I get the game the I wanted, so I'm I'm going I'm going balls to the wall here. This is gonna be fun. Yeah, um, yeah, okay. Uh, cozy. Hit me, hit me with one. <sighs> Man, I'm tired tonight, you guys. That's what the energy drink you guys. was for. Yeah, well, I didn't have any energy drinks. So, unfortunately, I'm going to have to, you know, just ring it, as they say. Um, here's the thing. Way, 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 long, 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 long ago, there was a little console called the NES, the Nintendo Entertainment System, that came to market uh, in the year 1985. 
There's a plucky system. It had to prove that video games were not a fad, but were a force that were here to stay in your entertainment world. And it did so with a solid launch lineup of titles, many of them quite memorable, but none as memorable as Duck Hunt. We Ooh. all know that snarling laughing dog. We all know those ducks that fly away so blissfully unaware of the gun that's going to attempt to shoot them, but inevitably miss because of the zapper's poor hit detection. But that's okay, because you could point your zapper into a lamp or some other incredibly bright, bright light source and just cheese it. Really? I love there have been launch games throughout the history yeah, of the medium. Yeah, you could do that. That's actually... Oh, I didn't know that. Huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There have been launch games throughout the history of the medium that have brought people joy, that have brought people pain, but none have managed to do so in as equal measure as Duck Hunt. Um, so, yeah, that's a really good argument. Um, I like Duck Hunt. Um, it is a memorable game. Um, I questioned for a second whether it was a launch game, but I just checked and that is a launch game because um, I don't think Super Mario Brothers came out at the same time. No, it that... did. They were both packed in on the same cart, I believe. Uh, at the launch of the NES. Yeah. There was like a big kind of news story conspiracy uh, from a couple of years ago about how nobody knows exactly when Super Mario Bros., the original one, and the NES first launched. I could have, I mean, look, I could have said Super Mario Bros., and nobody would have batted an eye here, but I wanted to go with the more interesting response. Yeah, no, um, I think Duck Hunt is a good choice, and I think that should be number two. So we're going to shift uh, Duck Hunt to number two. Um, and, uh, so with the first round over with three people, we have Tetris, uh, for the original Game Boy at spot number one, Duck Hunt at spot number two for Cozy from the original NES and NHL Hits 2002. Sorry, was that the PS2, Mitch? That was the GameCube. GameCube, sorry. GameCube, uh, for, um, for Mitch. So an interesting start. So we're going to go right back to AJ. AJ, give me your next launch title, which you think we should talk about. Hi. All right. Um, Mitch brought up the GameCube, and that made me realize that, listen, there there were a few launch games, like Luigi's Mansion um, and whatnot, but, you know, none of them quite hit, and none of them quite stuck around for as long as Super Smash Bros. Melee. Okay. That game still wait is that a launch game yes. nope is it a launch game nope i could have sworn it was i got it that that year you got was it that it year but game? the game itself came out about a week after the oh, system motherfucker that got yeah. me Fuck. it did it, it got you in like december right yeah. it came out december Fuck. 3rd 2001 right, whereas well. the gamecube released on november the 18th well that was so close. i got it that i got it those two game the gamecube and that game that christmas so that's where i was confused i thought it was a launch game what the nope. fuck nintendo exactly fuck that's me. why i said nhl nintendo hits. you fucked me. i have a list here <laughs> of every launch game that's come up for every system so i can double check on the double check on it on them uh fine well you know what either disqualify me from that or you can say i said luigi's mansion in that and then figure out where that goes on the list uh that doesn't seem fair was luigi's mansion on there as well i don't Luigi's think... mansion was a launch title uh was that a gamecube yeah it was a game yeah, yeah. gamecube okay it was yep. gamecube um okay no i'm gonna let aj uh fly with this one because that was an easy to make mistake 
So, um, and I will give everybody one mulligan at the same token. Okay. Okay. Oh, okay. Cool. So, uh, Luigi's I no problems. It. I'm a um, ever, I don't know what word, uh, but I'm pretty gracious. So, good for you guys. Um, but yeah, no. So, Luigi's Mansion. Um, quick case for Luigi's Mansion. Uh, yeah, no. It, it it launched a system not with Mario but with Luigi, the secondary character. It took. It took the other brother and made him the star and uh, had new and kind of innovating gameplay to the point where like it was it was kids Ghostbusters um, with Mario characters. And, and that that was super interesting at the time, especially. Um, yeah, uh, Luigi's Mansion is actually goes is, is a bit of a classic in that regard okay. and fairly and still fairly well holds up to this day in my opinion okay so if i'm looking at the list right now i think luigi's mansion go should go at spot number three okay i don't like what what you're doing to my boy nhl hits 2002 i'm just letting you know Mm. um personally and i'll just give you guys this heads up that first party titles for launch games are probably going to get higher priority over third party titles that are well that doesn't seem fair so um like the whole point of a launch hey. lineup is to have those special gems, which make you buy that system. So, okay. Well, uh, do you want a special gem that made you buy that system from you? Cause I can give you one of those and it's a third party title. Okay, sure. Okay. So coming to us via Capcom at the launch of the game boy advance, which if we think, if we think back to the launch of the GBA there, there really wasn't a lot there to be honest. Like you had, Oh god, that was an oh, damn it! That was a Japanese launch title. Does that count or no? It's a launch title. It's still launched. If, it's okay if it launched in a different market. Sure. Okay, so I mean, in Japan, you didn't have a lot there. There were games like you know, Super Mario Advance, which is just a remake. Uh, Castlevania: Circle of the Moon, good, but a derivative formula. Something that really innovated and you know laid the groundwork for. I think there was five sequels on handhelds. There was a GameCube game at one point. Uh, a DS remake of one of the games just spawned a phenomenal series that really does need a comeback or a collection or something. And I really need to play it in some fashion is the original Mega Man battle network for the GBA. Uh, This took a character that is beloved by many and it kind of gave him a fresh, uh, fresh coat of paint, dressed him up for the 21st century. Uh, The, the narrative that was told in this game was great about, you know, kids having their own virtual, assistants and those virtual assistants going to war with each other for various reasons which is just bizarre but spawned five sequels a gamecube game ds spinoffs spawned a whole other series to follow it in Mega Man star force uh is game laying the groundwork for what ended up being one of capcom's greatest handheld successes and it deserves a great spot on this list okay so uh i like the battle network series um actually and i did play that in the game boy advance it's quite fun actually i just finished watching uh death battle from screw attack uh the mega man battle royale uh with all five mega mans <laughs> pitted against each other um including so if you did want to play it i think the game the games are available on the wii u virtual console and i plan on buying them all before that store eventually shuts down um, I think there will be a collection at some point soon because Capcom seems to be wanting to do collections of a lot of this stuff. Um, so, hmm. Where do I put this? 
So I'm going to put it at spot number four. What? So I think it's a good game. I don't think it's better than those other games. But it is better than NHL hits. So you are correct. I'm I'm disappointed in you, Nathan. I thought we were on the same page. I'm pretty gracious here. Uh, I think this is the right decision. Yes. I'm just coming back to the show. I'm getting my sea legs back, and you go and do me dirty like this. Well, you need to do better. So give me I'm a good one on the next one. Uh, okay. Um, Cozy, hit me up with the next one here. Uh, all right. So here's the thing. You know, uh, I truly believe that Duck Hunt was truly an influential game amongst influential games when it comes to launch games uh but i'm going to go for something that's actually of a little bit higher quality here uh resogun uh remember when the playstation 4 first launched there wasn't a lot of love for his first party output i know that we have some next stands here in the comments and i don't want any disrespect towards you guys but let's be honest here when it came to the playstation 4's launch lineup resogun was where it was at Graphically, it was yeah. incredibly impressive. There were some great voxel effects whenever you destroyed stuff. Uh, Gameplay-wise, it took um, what the developer of the series... What the fuck is their name called? Uh, I'm sorry for swearing right here, but it's like one of those names Housemark. that I literally uh, had Housemark. on the tip of Housemark. my tongue. Housemark. Housemark. There we go. Who Thank are you. developing Thank you the much. PS5 exclusive... Returnal. In space, something like that. Returnal. Is my mic working? Yeah. Uh, Returnal, but, yes, thank you. Yeah, it, just, it was just a little quiet, Okay, but you're good. But my point that I was driving at is that, you know, prior to um, Resogun, Housemark had sort of uh, gotten its uh, teeth with titles uh, like Super Stardust HD on the PlayStation 3. And, you know, generally it was a well-respected studio. People knew it. People loved games like Super Stardust HD. But it was really what Resogun that I feel like the studio really came into its own and people respected it as like, oh yeah, that's a top tier indie, not indie PlayStation studio. Uh, and so, yeah, I f- feel very strongly about this one. Yeah. So um, I agree with you, Cozy. I think Resogun was the best PS4 launch title. Um, I know critically it would, did very well. Also free on PS plus uh, for a PlayStation. So it was very easy to play. Um, I remember picking up all the DLC and they did a ton of free good updates for this game as well as time went on that being said we're not talking about the updates we're talking about the game itself and the core of the game of resogun was just a phenomenal experience um where do i put it on the list Hmm. let's slip it in at number three. Oh wow so i think resogun's that good of a game um and i thought you were going to put it above duck hunt to be honest no, I, I think it's Duck Hunt needs to be where Duck Hunt is, but I think Resogun's a very good launch game in a where we didn't have a lot of great launch games. So, um, okay, perfect. Uh, so that's cozy. So we're going to go back to AJ. AJ, what do you got? Hi. Uh, yeah. So everybody loves the Uncharted series. Um, and it, you know, it, it, it sort of brought to light the, the idea of the idea that, uh, Indiana Jones could make a very good video game, but also made it modern. Um, but 
they decide Sony decided to release a portable system. And at the launch of that portable system, in my opinion, this the second portable system that is. In my opinion, probably one of the best games to come out in the duration of it was Uncharted Golden Abyss for the Vita. Um it was a very good a, a fairly decent Uncharted game as a whole. And it did, wasn't overly reliant on the extra features such as the touchscreen or uh, the back touchpad or anything like that. There was a little bit of that, but it wasn't like, it didn't rely on it. Um, and it looked decent. Um, it, 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 it looked fairly decent. Um, and it proved that a, a console quality playable game could work in portable and led to... Uh, different gaming rev revolutions such as the switch or even our cloud gaming on portable now so uh yeah i think uncharted needs to be on this list yeah um i think uh golden abyss is probably still one of the best uh vita games and it was a launch title um i think it really showed and actually i'm kind of always disappointed that whenever there's a collection um or like when they did the remakes that it wasn't included because Naughty Dog didn't make it. Because Sony Ben did a really good job with um, with Golden Abyss. Um, don't get me wrong. It's not perfect. Yeah. But it's uh, definitely better than the first game. E easily. Uh, is it better than the first game remastered or better than the first game when it first came out? Uh, I'd say it's better than the first game remastered probably. Really? Okay. Because they went in and they fixed a bunch of the issues that I personally had with it. But I understand if you don't. Yeah, feel that same way. No, I think I think if I rank them, uh, number one's near the uh, at the bottom of the list. Um, if we're taking out the card game and the other game, there was a card. Oh yeah, there was a card. for treasure or something. Oh yeah, man, everybody forgets about that yeah. one. Yeah, so I didn't see. Uh, but uh, if you take that out, um, I think it's number like at the bottom, and then you have uh, that. That being said, Uncharted's quality is high right right across the board. Um, so yeah, where do we put Golden Abyss? Huh. Making this list difficult. Let's slip it in at number five. I think You're that's doing right my boy Mega Man dirty there. Just so you know. Um, well, Mitch, you get another shot here. Yeah, except you haven't liked anything else I've said. So do I pander to the host or do I go from the heart? Pander to the host. No, nah, I got to go from the heart. All right. All right. So, oh boy. This game revolutionized the genre in which it, it takes place. It started the, like, the, the genre as it exists would not exist today without this game. It launched an entire family of consoles, not just a single console. Uh, the Xbox Series X would not exist without this game, and that game is Halo. Halo Combat Evolved revolutionized the way that first-person shooters are. Uh, Alex isn't here to steal this one from me, and someone had to represent it on this list because Halo is... Microsoft's consoles would not exist. Microsoft, as a video game publisher, would not exist without the successes that Halo achieved. And it spawned a number of incredibly successful sequels. It led the way to, you know, Xbox... Uh, modernizing and revolutionizing console online play, which is still ubiquitous today. None of these advances would have taken place if not for the original Halo. Okay. Um, Halo. 
That's a good shot. Um, I agree with everything that you said. Um, yeah, it's a very iconic series. And while it's not my favorite series, I do agree that it deserves a high place on this list. Uh, let's slip it in at number two. Boom! Ooh, good one. Thank you, sir. You're welcome, Alex. As somebody who recently has gone back and played, well, started the original Halo, um, I don't know if it plays as well nowadays, but I should give it more time and play it more. So, anyways. At the it time, it was fine. the... It, it's... I mean, at the time, it was the only reason to own an Xbox. Yeah, no, and I think that's fair. Yeah. Which, in and of itself, deserves a place on this list. I've talked about this on previous episodes of the show. I'm definitely going to be playing through the series for the first time when I get my Series X. So look forward to that. All right. Uh, Cozy, hook me up with a game. Oh, boy. So here's the thing. Earlier on in this episode, I brought up a little game by the name of Duck Hunt, which released on the NES back in the year 1985. But as we all know, video games are older than the NES. Yes, there was an entire generation of video game consoles that came and passed before the NES was even an inkling in Shigeru Miyamoto's brain. I know he's not the chief designer, but stick with me here. And one of the first video game consoles that started up this previous generation was a little game, sorry, a little console called the Magnavox Odyssey. And when you picked up your Magnavox Odyssey in 1972, one of the very first games that you could play on it was table tennis. Look upon it and bask in its glory. You don't need to be particularly precise. This game understood that as a video game, you could abstract the act of tennis. <laughs> and so when the ball is coming towards you, you can hit it wherever you particularly care. Dead on, from the side. So long as you hit it correctly, you had a chance of overwhelming your opponent and securing yourself the win. Uh, okay. Um, so you're right. This definitely came before the NES. Um, I'm not familiar with... Look at that. You can actually adjust the, like, the line in the middle of, like, the tennis game. I don't know what the line is called. The border? The net? Yeah, yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess it is the net. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, okay. Um, And I thought NHL Hits was out there. Yeah, um, I'm trying to think how I put this on the list. Because um, it's not pawn, because that ball ain't moving in a diagonal really well. Uh, Let me ask you a question. Pong when you're playing NHL hits, can you change the direction of the puck in midair as it's heading towards your opponent? Knowing the way that the game worked, probably. That game was ridiculous. its trajectory. Let's... No, but I'm pretty sure you could hit someone through the boards, which was fun. But I do appreciate the history of this game and it being like on a console from the 70s. Um, and I want to make sure I treat it properly. Let's put it above NHL hits. All right. There we go. <laughs> okay, we're going to the final round um, of the four... The four um, here because uh, normally we do three but we don't have alex so that'll get us out to our 12 um and then i still don't know what i'm going to do for the lightning round i have a bunch of games and i might just give you all one to figure out um 
Cool. So, uh, AJ, we'll come back to you for your final Hi. pick this round. All right. Um, there are a lot of fighting games out there. Um, and regardless of whether or not the console uh, succeeded, uh, sometimes the game lives on. And I didn't discover this game series until the second iteration where they had a bunch uh, a bunch of guest characters on the different system. But the original Soul Calibur for the Dreamcast um, introduced a lot of interesting combat mechanics in terms of being able to choose a weapon before the fight to maybe give yourself an edge or a, a disadvantage or what have you. Um, it comes with a very interesting cast of uh, characters who all fight with different weapon styles and, and that in it in itself uh, would have been fine but the fact that they included the 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 different uh, the weapon choices and whatnot for for this game uh, definitely set it apart from pretty well anything else out there um, you know it was very colorful um, uh, the, it, it sounded great it and it f felt fluid in a way that fluid and the movements felt fluid and natural in a way that uh some of the 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 2d fighting games that came before it uh just didn't and this in a way sort of in my opinion sort of revolutionized not the way but a different direction fighting games could go okay so soul caliber is a 10 out of 10 game i bought it for dreamcast uh i bought a dreamcast just to play soul caliber on it um because that's wow. to get the best arcade i do want to correct one thing um this yeah. isn't the uh original soul caliber the first one's actually soul edge on the playstation soul edge um, and then this is Got the it. sequel um and then they kept the soul caliber name after that with numbered entries um yes so uh it, unfortunately the series hasn't hit the highs that it has uh, it, it's it's not the same as it used to be it it peaked yeah. at two um i i would agree with that they're trying to reboot it right now um i think yeah. um which i'd be really interested in but yeah soul caliber is definitely a 10 out of 10 game it's fantastic i bought a dreamcast specifically to get my hands on that game um and play because that was the most arcade perfect version you could play um let's stick it at number five hmm. i think that's the right spot for soul caliber all right uh so i'm also going to spell it correctly yeah because everyone loves to put a space in it uh mitch yes sir what's your final pick of this round I got to pander to the host, so I can't say the game that I want to say. Um, so I will go. I don't know. Hmm? You, you, you d went with your heart last time, and that got you pretty high up on the list. So It did. So let's go with my heart again. And my heart says that everyone and their grandmother played this game when it first launched alongside the Wii way back in the day. And it is one of the most iconic and most played and best-selling games of all time, and that game is Wii Sports. It made video games more accessible than they've ever been to a wide variety of people. I know it's not fully accessible because it still required motion controls, but it made it more approachable. It, it brought video games in the, into the living room in a way that games 
have not done since and rarely did before that. And it is a game that is likely still played in nursing homes to this day. And Wii Sports, if it's not on this list, would be a travesty because of how iconic it was to Nintendo at the time and to video games as a whole. So I think Wii Sports should be on the list. Um, I do just want to point out, I hate the fact that it's included like a best-selling game of all time because it's a pack-in it sold with the system. I don't think that should qualify. It's also the best pack-in game of all time because it 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 showed off what the system could do in a way that very rarely do you see that from pack-in titles and very rarely do you see pack-in titles at all. Yeah, no, I and I'm not disagreeing with that. I think um, something like, what was the Switch game? 1-2 Switch? 1-2 Switch. That should have been a pack-in with the Switch. That, 100%. Yeah. Um, in the same vein of Wii Sports. It wouldn't have been as good as Wii Sports, but it should have been packed in and not a separate not a separate thing um so no i agree uh we i I just want to say i don't think i i hate the fact that it's included in best sales when it's sold with the system i don't think those sales should count towards your selling selling of the game uh understandably but it's still one of the most played games of all time yeah no i agree um you know what (sighs) put it above duck hunt sweet hmm yeah, that's the right spot for it. Wii Sports deserves to be there. Man, I could I could feel this game as I was watching footage of it. That was a good yeah. game. Um, yeah, no, I fun. agree. Uh, it deserves to be there. Golf was always my favorite. Um, the inaccuracy golf was great golf. in that. Even better in Wii Sports Resort, but we're talking launch titles. Yes, I really enjoy golf in the Sports Champions. Uh, from with the that was the PlayStation, PlayStation Move. Move game, right? Yeah. That was really good. And they had the frisbee. We should do a best motion controls game at some point. Ooh, that would be good. And you could uh, get... That'd be a fun You could get Connect sure. and uh, PlayStation Move in there. And PSVR yeah. and Oculus and Vive and what the well, hell is the one by Valve? If we're Index? doing VR, I think you're almost better to do a separate VR list. Could do that too. Yeah. Um, but we can do that down the line. Okay. Uh, yep. Cozy, give me your final pick of the first round. All right. You know, throughout the previous few rounds, I've listed games from the ancient past. I've listed games from the relatively recent past uh, that are of high quality, like Resogun. I figure that it's time that we end things on a meme. When the PlayStation 3 launched in November of 2006, one of its launch games was a title called Genji Days of the Blade. I've never played this game before. I saw it just sitting there in a thrift shop somewhere in Montreal like a couple of years ago and the moment that I saw it I knew that I needed to get my hands on it because this ladies and gentlemen is the giant enemy crab game (gasps) everybody knows oh man they're giant enemy crabs ancient battles Japan something 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 from Sony's E3 2006 press conference something everybody forgets something that was actually That was actually part of an actual game that was released for the system, and it was Genji Days of the Blade. And uh, yeah, I feel like, you know, it's it's common for launch titles to bring people misery. It's common for launch titles to bring people joy. I feel like it's very rare for launch titles to become memes. And so I feel like for that reason, Genji Days of the Blade has to go to the tip top. Okay, so, hmm. I do appreciate your gusto also. The giant enemy crabs, um, that really goes a far away. Let's put it at number seven. Really? Yeah, all right. 
Goodbye, Luigi's Mansion. That was not the meme game that I thought we were going to bring up. I thought we were going Ridge Racer. No, I thought... Oh, that game. I thought we were going to Knack. Oh. Knack is serious. It's an interesting point. But, yeah, Knack is a little bit too serious at this point. Let's recap the top ten and move on to round two, Nathan. Um, So your top ten... So we'll start at ten and work our way up. Number ten, Mega Man Battle Network, Mitch's entry. Number nine, Uncharted Golden Abyss, AJ. Number eight, Luigi's Mansion, AJ. Number seven, Giant Enemy Crab Game, Cozy. Genji. I can't remember the full title, so I went with that. Genji Days. Genji Days of, Days the, Blade. of the Blade. I'm leaving it. Uh, did you know, actually, fun fact, Genji Days of the Blade is actually a sequel. I, I don't remember what the what its predecessor is called, but I remember reading that on Wikipedia and being like, oh, wow, that's neat. Um, uh, Hold on a sec. I'll I'm looking up it up too. Construction book here. So, Genji Days of the Blade. Genji Dawn Go of ahead. the Samurai. Num- sorry, sorry, Nathan. You, you Number six, going. Soul Calibur. Number five, Resogun. Number four, Duck Hunt. Number three, Wii Sports. Number two, Halo Combat Evolved. And number one, Tetris. I would really like PlayStation 5 to do a commercial that features a giant enemy crab from some sort of game just for fun. Tell them to put a giant enemy crab in Ratchet and Clank so that they can put it in a trailer. Uh, that would be fun. Um, so that's our top 10. And leading the pack is AJ at six points. But following right behind uh, Mitch, who kind of came back in the last half of this, um, and Cozy are both tied at five. So this is a very close game and it is anybody's game at this point. Yeah. We're, we're in pretty dead heat here. I'm pretty surprised, to be so honest. So this is a mix right through. Um, so the second round, this is the arguing round, right? Yeah, this is the my game is better than your game argument. Okay, so let's uh, get this going. Um, and we're going to start off with Mitch. Mitch, you get a chance to raise any game to replace the game that it is that you're putting it against. So they're going to be switching positions? Switching positions. Okay. Can I take my mulligan here? Sure. Okay, because I want to replace NHL hits. Oh, no. Okay, what are we replacing mm. it with? Can I do it? Well, the mulligan was if you set a game that wasn't a launch game. Fine. Okay, then I'll just argue that. Uh, um, Mega Man Battle Network is a better launch title than the Giant Enemy Crap game. I know it's not for any more points, but I just think Mega Man deserves to be higher on the list. And nothing above it deserves to be pushed down. That is kind of where the list separates for me personally. Okay. Uh, Mega Man Battle Network, like I said, spawned an entire series of sequels and and beloved games, whereas Genji Days of the Blade is a meme. So it's not a it's not one of the best launch titles. It's one of the best memes, but it's not necessarily one of the best launch titles. So whereas Mega Man Battle Network was. There's no points change here, um, but to get Mega Man higher, just the character Mega Man, I will allow that switch. Oh, Without wait. even letting Cozy, no, Cozy, you have a chance to rebuff. Sorry, Are... yes, yes. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to read from the instruction booklet of Genji: Days of the Blade. Three years have passed since the young swordsman Yoshitsune Minamoto and his warrior monk companion Benkei Mushahibo defeated the Heisei clan and leader in a brutal battle over the possession of Amahagane, divine jewels that bring their owners godlike powers like Kamui. With success, it has finally seemed like peace, however temporary, had arrived. 
During this time, Yoritomo Minamoto, Yoshitsune's older brother and leader of the Genji clan, tracked the remnants of the Heishi to the south of Japan, where he and his army were preparing to eliminate their weakened numbers. However, rumors began to spread of new, ungodly creatures appearing within the Heishi ranks and their evil force re-strengthening, even without the use of the Amahagai. Now, with the aid of his closest friends and some unlikely allies, Yoshitsune must once again wield his fierce blades and summon the powers of the Amahagane and lead an epic battle to save all of Japan. You, you really don't... Ladies and gentlemen, does that sound like the game that you want to play? You I put mean, him to sleep no there, Cozy. You, you don't want to... But let me you tell you... You stream on time tonight, do you, Cozy? Let me tell you, folks, ladies and gentlemen, that sounds like an A-class bonafide game of an experience that is going to bring you joy, it's going to bring you tears, all the while bringing you some memes as well. Mega Man Battle Network, what's that game about? Ah, a kid has a robot, he goes into a virtual thing, and he fights the things, and it's, it's like Sword Art Online, but it's like there's some things and robots. No, no, no. Cozy, no, just so you know, I already no. switched them on the list. Yeah, Me Mega Man's going to number seven. You can't do that. Mega Man's Nathan, Nathan has put me to in charge that. of the list. I, I'm allowing the switch. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna move on. Cozy, you now get a chance to change. A, People don't appreciate you art. You get a chance to move a game around, Cozy. <laughs> so make your pick. Cozy, you realize you're reading that put Nathan to sleep, right? <coughs> okay, let's let's think this through. Let's think this through. Um, let's do table tennis on the Magnavox Odyssey uh, better than Wii Sports. Uh, I thought that Wii Sports was a good-ass time, but, you know, you got to respect your elders. Okay, and Mitch, who brought Wii Sports in? Wii Sports, also, it's a game hold on, people hold still on, talk hold on, about on table tennis. Hold on, not. argument argument part two. <laughs> uh, the tennis portion of Wii Sports was pretty weak sauce. And you can't say that about table tennis and Magnavox Odyssey. Can I rebuke yes. now? Yes. Wii Sports yes. was more than just tennis. Everyone loved bowling in that game. Bowling is GOAT. Focus on one thing that makes your thing good. Don't spread out and have a bunch of mediocre, watered-down stuff. So, I'm going to leave it the way it is, and it's strictly because when Cozy was watching the footage of Wii Sports, he said it brought feelings back to him. You Cozy know, has a heart. Feelings about table tennis for the Magnavox Odyssey? Cozy, have you ever played table tennis for the Magnavox Odyssey? I've played it vicariously through other people. <laughs> you I mean through YouTube videos? All right, uh, AJ. <laughs> You're not wrong that I want to that I'm care, that I care about finishing this up quickly so I can get to my next. <laughs> thing, but... All right. Um, I've got a bit of a long shot okay. here um, that I'm going to attempt to make. But um, Wii Sports was a pack-in game, a bunch of small mini-games. Yes, a lot of people just sort of wanted it for the Wii um, to kind of prove the concept. But even still, they had to re-release controllers that had even better tracking, it, like make new controllers for the Wii, because it, it just wasn't good enough. It... it it kind of proved that the idea of motion controls might be a thing. But after a while, after actually fairly 
after a while, it it kind of wore off. The novelty wore off, and then the Wii's collected dust. Uncharted Gold, Golden Abyss, yeah, sure. Your Vita probably collected dust, but that's a full-fledged launch game that that rivaled quality on full consoles compared to Wii Sports, which was just a pack-in minigame collection. This is a good argument. Uh, Mitch, can I rebuke? Yeah. Go ahead, Mitch. Um, Nintendo was innovating and in coming out, making motion controls ubiquitous for that generation where all Sony did was take an experience that you could get on console and cramp your hands and force you to use the back touch for things that didn't require using the goddamn back touch. Uh, they gave you controls that actually felt good as opposed to controls in Golden Abyss that would give you hand cramps. Uh, both systems collected dust, but one was played by grandmas and one was played by like 30,000 people, if that. So one is in millions of households and the other is in dozens of Goodwills. Hmm. I really like Golden Abyss, and I think it's too low. I was concerned for a second that you guys had frozen. <laughs> um, no, I like Golden Abyss. We're it's just too low, but it... don't do it, Nathan. Mm. He's already winning. But I can't switch it with the Wii Sports. It's too high. Uh, it, I knew it was Uncharted should be higher, uh, Golden Abyss, but it it can't surplant Wii Sports. I don't know if I could have argued Duck Hunt or Rezogun. So I think you had the argument points. with Duck Hunt, to be honest. That's where I thought you were going. Yeah, I might have considered it there. Um, okay, let's go into the final round so we can finish this bad boy off. Um, and I have no it. games planned for this, so I'm just going to go through this and just pick a few um, right now. Um, uh, let's see. Um, so I don't know how this didn't get picked. Cozy, I'm going to let you have this one. Okay. Well, I look for other good ones for people because I'm going to try and pick some good ones here. Um, but Mario 64. So wait, the one I'm getting is not a Mar good one? No, you're getting a good one. Uh, Mario 64. Okay. How oh, is Mario 64 I mean, on not on now. this list? Because it's not the best Mario launch title. Eh, kind of is. No, it's not. It's Super Mario World Here's is a better thing. game. Whether or not you think that uh, Super Mario 64 is the best 3D Mario or not. The importance of Super Mario 64 when it launched was simply unparalleled. Here's the thing. The original Super Mario Bros. on the NES was obviously very important as well in its own way, but there had been other platforming games that had come before it. There had been, for example, the Pitfall series on the Atari 2600. Super Mario Bros. represented a pretty substantial leap up from those experiences, but it was still a known quantity. With Super Mario 64, Nintendo introduced 3D platforming to the world in a way that was just completely unlike anything that the world had known before. And I think for that reason alone, you gotta rank this one high, man. Um, you're right, I do. Uh, um... Put it at number two. Jesus H. Ooh. I'm looking for a game that's as quality as that. Um, and it's hard. Me too. <laughs> uh, what do I got here? I wish we knew the topic and I was a host earlier and I would have planned for this better. <laughs> um, 
I do want to say something quickly to buy you a bit of yes, time, Nathan. Yes, I appreciate that. I'm aware of the fact that I'm sure that some person will come to me like on social media or in the comments and be like, hey, you know, technically Super Mario 64 wasn't like the first 3D platformer. In fact, there was actually like title X, Y, or Z. I'm actually not certain. Did Crash Bandicoot launch before Mario 64? Or like We'd have Knights? to check it out. Um, Knights isn't a 3D platformer, though, because it was 2D side It was on rails, right? Yeah, it wasn't. No, it was on rails. It, but it was 2D. In any case, I still feel like like my main point about Super Mario 64 stands, which is that it really kind of like burst the door open on what 3D like fully 3d platformers could be even though technically you could make the argument that it wasn't exactly the first okay. game uh so it came out in crash bandicoot bandicoot came out in north america prior to the launch of super mario 64 but super mario 64 in japan predates it by a couple of months so i will say um there's a reason nobody replicated crash bandicoot's formula because it's not good um i haven't played crash 4 yeah but there hasn't been a good Crash game prior to Crash 4. How about this? How about I give you a better Crash game than Crash that was a console launch title, and you put it at number one? Well, I'm not going to guarantee that. Okay, well, can I at least make the argument for that game? Sure. Or are you still looking for a no, game? No, I got one, actually. I got one for AJ. Okay. Super Mario okay, World. Okay, go for it. Hi. Super Mario World. So... Mario already had quite a big reputation and it was going to be incredibly exciting to see what Mario was going to do next. But how do you do that? You add more pixels. Six, the 16-bit uh, generation, uh, specifically uh, with the Super Nintendo, um, sort of laid the groundwork for Mario to improve upon himself in ways never thought possible. He even, he even got a mount think about that mario got a mount in which which enhanced his abilities in the mount being yoshi uh yoshi added a whole new dynamic to the game almost like giving mario an extra life um and the the graphical update from taking mario from his 8-bit pixels into the 16-bit generation the the graphical update alone really cemented and uh mario's style and thematic uh th thematic prominence in, in in a very interesting way that um well for me personally um i never got around to playing it because i unfortunately uh being a young kid had to skip the super nintendo uh and go to the n64 I can look back and be like, yeah, you know what? There are a lot of things here in Super Mario World on this launch game that carried forward and even into uh, Mario 64, um, in which, you know, that brought these the concepts made here and just made it into the 3D environment. Okay. Um, yeah, Super Mario World's a good game. Also should be on this list. Um we're going to slip uh, Merry World in at number two. Ooh. Oh, my God. So you're giving them all the Mario games. Then what are you going to saddle me with? Okay, so Mitch, this one I think is perfect for you. Um, <sighs> Motherfucker. It's Street Fighter the movie. The game. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. 
<laughs> no, I, no, no, you want me to argue it? I can argue it. No, um, I, we're actually going to finish this with the Mario uh, Mario Trio um, because this also should be on the list. Uh, the original Super Mario Brothers. <sighs> how how do I wrap into words what is the genius behind an experience like Knack? Um, Knack was a game that no one really thought could work in uh, the 21st century. It was ubiquitous back to like the Crash Bandicoot style 3D platformers. Uh, but Mark Cerny really did take the reins there and decide that, no, this was a game that had to get made for uh, core gamers as well as a general audience. They really envisioned what that game could be, utilize the power of the PS4 in terms of the rendering of the individual relics and the way you could build Knack up break them down it was just it was a beautiful experience end to end and deserves to be somewhere on this list okay well that wasn't super mario brothers at all uh nah but it was knack and i appreciate <laughs> it the was gusto knack. for knack um let's put knack at number one let's do it beauty oh shit i feel like if we did this list and didn't put knack at number one we would have done this list disservice i agree with you 100 uh, percent. genji days of blade was robbed yeah, that, that's what was robbed. Um, so let's uh, break down the final 10 to wrap this up uh, so we can finish up this episode. Uh, coming in at number 10, Mega Man Battle Network. Mitch, you still got that down there. Made the list, baby. That's the only reason I argued it against Cozy. I knew everything was going to get bumped down. Uh, nine Soul Calibur. Eight Resogun. Seven Duck Hunt. Six Wii Sports. Five Halo Combat Evolved. 4 Super Mario 64, 3 Super Mario World, 2 Tetris for the original Game Boy, and number 1, Knack with a Bullet, because I don't think there's anywhere else you can put that game. Uh, it's a masterpiece. Sure. Um, so sure. Uh, to round this off, uh, Mitch, at the last moment, pulls a clutch hit and uh, gets 7 points, uh, beating AJ's 5 and Cozy's 4. So good job, Feels Mitch. Feels good to be back. Feels good to be back. Fucking sucks. <laughs> I mean, I, I will say this: it was it was wily on the part of Mitch to start gushing about Knack when he was clearly given a very different game to talk about. Like I can't. Like it's not like if Nathan had given him Knack to talk about and then Mitch gushed about Knack, I would have not been as as a, a accepting of this victory. But the fact that Mitch kind of took the reins in that regard. I do want to tip my hat to him in that regard, but I'm still pretty upset. I knew what Nathan had to hear, even if he didn't know he had to hear it himself. That was I'm here for you, buddy. That wasn't one of the games where I was going to put it on there. Um, but, uh, yeah, Knack deserves to be number one. It's a great game. Um, and if it's not at the top of the list, uh, we've done something wrong. It can't just be, like, in the middle of the list or at the bottom. So that's going to wrap up our top um, best launch titles ever for this ep this week's episode of Rankum. So uh, let's go around and we'll uh, say goodbye. Uh, so Mitch, uh, why don't you plug your stuff? Yeah, I'm everywhere on the internet at Mr. Mitch George. As I mentioned earlier, I'm going to be doing a little more Twitch streaming now and into the future. So if you want to go give a follow over there. Uh, gonna have some fun in probably Avengers and maybe pull something out of my backlog. Who knows? We'll see. Come hang out. Sweet. Cozy? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at AlexKazina as usual, and you can find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Live. I'm gonna be going live there in just a few minutes, 
And I think that tonight I'm going to be completing Donkey Kong Country 2. Just a reminder that I'm still trying to bring up my sub goal so that I can finally host my first ever live cooking stream. I made a very yummy uh, pizza with fried eggs on it uh, the other mm. night. And so if stuff like that appeals to you, you should definitely contribute to me hosting my first ever cooking stream because more Cozy Bear cooking goodness will wait Sweet. on that. I wouldn't think pizza and eggs could go together, but I, I guess you proved it that wrong. It, it, it was really solid. What you do is like you cook the pizza for a total of 10 minutes. And when it's like seven minutes in, like three minutes before it's done, you crack the eggs on top of it and you cook it during the final three minutes. That sounds interesting. I like to try, I've had eggs on burgers before, but uh, I've never tried on pizza. That does sound interesting. See, yeah. I'm, I'm not it, really it's a, a good way to give it eggs. some. Sorry? I'm not really a fan of eggs. Oh, I love eggs. Well, we'll talk. There's a lot to get into right here, but we'll talk about it next time. I just want to say quickly that, like, the whole point of putting the egg on the pizza is if you want to put some extra protein on it, but you don't have any, you know, pepperoni or any of the traditional pizza proteins, you put an egg on it. All right, AJ. Yeah, you can find me all over the internet at Times Hero, capital T, capital H. That's Twitter, Instagram, all that fun stuff. Uh, I'm going to plug Alex because he's not here. I'm pretty sure he's playing Kingdom Hearts right now. Um, that's what he's been doing all week. Oh yeah, playing a lot you got to be imagining. Uh, you should be. Yeah, that's all. Like he's doing a, a level one critical run on the first game, which is really difficult. Th- Didn't you just yeah. do that, cozy? No, that was the second game. I right? think yeah, I'm still. I still have to get. Through I think that when one. he comes back next week, we should ask him about his experiences playing uh, playing it. But he's. Um, uh, it's just Alex Ballant. Uh, I'll just I'll throw it in the Twitch yeah, chat. Just throw it in the it's Twitch a few chat. different things. It's blatantly yeah, just throw oh, it there and read it. Uh, right. Yeah, it's it's uh, blatantly underscore Alex. Blatantly underscore Alex on Twitter. Blatantly Alex on Instagram, and he's got a YouTube channel that the URL I have to update. Okay, perfect. Um, and then finally, uh, you can follow me at the underscore nmac on Twitter. Check me out on PS3 or PS4 blog.net. Um, yeah, and check out my YouTube stuff. I think uh, if there's interest in it, I might post more of my kids reacting to things to react to. So, depending upon what people think. I hope you don't get sued by the fine bros. Yeah, I'm going to have to come up with a better name. So, if you have a, yeah, kids react if you have a better name than kids react because I don't want to get sued, let me know. Um, but on that <laughs> reactions from kids on that uh, end of the show uh, thanks for playing everybody have a great day take care y'all I won woo